Our stories and meditations today invite us to become more aware of the connections and cycles of which we are a part, particularly in the conversations and the imagery of water. In Hebrew, running water is called living. Life gathers and life comes forth along natural paths and pools. The grooves made by water flowing on land and underground collect to form deep wells and water holes. In the Hebrew scriptures, Jacob met Rachel at the watering hole. Their meeting was a bonding, a foretelling of the future and a legacy of the Hebrew people. In the Christian scriptures, Jesus meets a Samaritan woman at the well, and in that conversation, Jesus offers the idea of the water of life, the image of what it means to believe in his teachings and the God he served and its message of compassion and justice. Her meeting with him gave her new insight into the nature of salvation and the holy. And Jesus himself is engaged with this woman as they navigate theology and culture and gender. Even if you arrive at a well and find yourself alone, over time the stone has been grooved by peoples filling their buckets. Perhaps someone just left spilled water and caused the ground to be damp. There are signs of the presence of those who pass before us, and there is the promise that someone will come along shortly. When we enter any place of meeting, a classroom, an office, a library, a park, people have lived there following the paths of gathering. What this space is like, I'm sure when, when people would leave on Sunday, there is something that is still and fresh. And right before everyone arrives, it is waiting and expecting and potent. But this year, we celebrate as we celebrate the renewal of the paths that bind us together, we are in a moment of renewal with elements, in essence, unlike any that have gone before. The very forms of our paths are new and a little strange. And in a world of, in our in-person world of kind of surround sound and sensory depth, so many of, so much of our lives are now in squares and electronic voices over phone lines and across screens. For me, I don't know about you, but for me, there is a, a flatness, a singular dimension, and you have to kind of figure out how to make meaning in that form. And I'll say these foreign avenues at the same time also mean that many of us have access to these paths in ways we did not realize we needed. So perhaps not so much the physical grooves of which we might be used to, but there are still all of these avenues and ways in which we come together again and again and again, and we're finding new ways to do this. As one of my colleagues said, there is, can be surprising intimacy in a Zoom conversation. For now, we are here and present in this moment of worship to enliven and freshen this, the presence of the presences in our lives. In this moment, that is what we are about today, to committing to this congregation and the mission of the community. So today, 
we ponder for a moment in this renewal, in this in-gathering, what are our promises to one another? What are our commitments? What do we search for in the process of making those promises and those commitments? Now, I know one of the most important pieces we seek in any gathering is friendship, is connection, is people we know, the people that we may meet, the people that we may discover in the next meeting, wondering what may happen and who may we encounter in the future. The particular function of a religious community today is, at its essence, to be a place of meeting and relationship across generations, across all the chapters of our lives, that we may have another place in which to share our experience, our questions, our discoveries, even our mundaneness with each other, that we might not be so alone in this world, that we might take joy and amplify the joy that we find together. Now, the beloved community also is renewed, not just for its own sake, but for a larger purpose. For us, knowing that our gathering in has happened again and again for so many years as this body, for so many decades, close to a couple of centuries, this alone reinforces that human desire to find comfort and support in our spiritual lives. And it also this gathering in over time and ages makes it easier for us to remember who has gone before in those paths of seeking freedom and reason and justice and tolerance and love. So in this moment of remembering and reconnection, I want to offer a story about where the water communion, what we're gathering in for this vehicle today. Now, the water communion itself, in its origin, is a story of finding strength in unfamiliar places. Forty years ago, in fact, 1980, the Unitarian Universalist women came together at the Women in Religion Conference in Michigan. They wanted to have a voice when women were so long kept from being accepted as leaders in our own churches. And I'll say again, they had been kept from being leaders in our own congregations in Unitarian Universalism. They sought to create a ritual where all could contribute. And the participants in that creation, they brought water from every corner of the country as a symbol of life within each of us, no matter our gender, our age, our color, our orientation, our ability. They came all with their little contributions of water together. And when they left, the women left that conference and brought back that ritual of a water ceremony. And they brought it back to their congregations at home with little vials of the water that had been brought together. And so not only did they come back with those little vials of water, they came back with a deeper charge to all Unitarian Universalists to include women and female perspectives in our understanding of scripture and in our understanding of who can lead the church. Efforts such as theirs led to changes such that now far more than half of our Unitarian Universalist ministry are women. 
Now, this was 40 years ago, and there's been great progress made, but I'm going to tell you now, 40 years later, we're still talking about women's bodies and women's lives. We're still talking about health care and the right to control and the right to access uh, and self-determination of our bodies. Perhaps now, in these last few years of times up of advocacy and recognizing bias and harassment, perhaps now we are getting into the deeper truths of how to learn to regard ourselves and others as fully human beings. Perhaps now. And I'll say in these last few years, even more recently, not only are we talking about women's bodies and women's lives, we are also getting better at talking about the lives and bodies of women who are black, indigenous, people of color, as well as trans and queer and disabled. We're talking not just about people and ideas, but about names too, such as Sandra Bland and Breonna Taylor. We are talking about men's bodies as well, including George Floyd and Jacob Blake, and trans men such as Tony McDade. Perhaps now, with this new year, we can enter a new commitment to the promises that we have been making for a very long time and are now unpacking even further to say what we are called to do and be and advocate for to the best of our ability. In these paths of encounter, all of our meetings, no matter how small or how, uh, how much a part of a larger mission we are a part, we find the greater meaning of community that feeds the mind and the body and the spirit. It's practice all along the way in acts great and small. A religious community like ours stirs in us what we receive from other places. You know, we receive so much from our congregations, from any source of spiritual reflection, from world religions, so that we may be a creating, learning, loving body. Here, we get to create the comfort of home, but also here is a place of transformation. We have all of these intersecting layers upon us and among us. When we follow our paths and our gatherings, we also find that our friends and dreams are here to meet us. In this ritual of ingathering, we celebrate because sometimes, many times, we are uncomfortable, unsatisfied, truly wronged, truly sad and harmed. We need to reintroduce, to recall why we gather, no matter how far we've been apart. And it is good to be in a place such as this where we're not just trying to find our sources of comfort and renewal, but to be disrupted so that we may be disruptive and further move out into the world to discover what is new as well as what doesn't change about our friends and our dreams and about ourselves.
we return to a place such as this, not just to find the natural paths that we might encounter, but to affirm our call to help heal the world, beginning with each other. We affirm our acceptance and our love. Sometimes, oftentimes, we don't agree. Sometimes we're awkward, and sometimes we don't even like each other. But we get to gather again. As I'll say that even in this moment of working all the paths out, and sometimes the rocks are rough, sometimes the rocks are smooth as we flow together. I'll tell you that part of what makes this work is that we're always open to what new elements may come as well and further deepen our gathering. There are new elements of ministry already in motion. You and I are discovering this new path together, how we may journey along the river. A new shape is being built here and now. So as we have gathered, and in our shaping, may we remember to greet and welcome each other, to visit with one another, our elders, our youngest, and everyone in between, to extend our welcome and our connection to our friends and neighbors who may not be able to be with us, to maintain the good work of worship, our adult programs, our children's education, and keep reaching out in our work for justice in the larger Peoria community. In our in-gathering, let us remember what we may encounter and wonder together what we may go forward and do. In this place of gathering, let us welcome each other. Now, I want to recognize that in-gathering, again, is different this year. And for our special moment, many of you sent in photos and short videos of yourselves, your families, and your adventures. And this sharing a bit of yourselves, of ourselves, it is a moment, a gesture. It is a little bit of revelation with one another. We get to kind of experience the context of each other's lives. We can talk about this a lot, but the pictures, they show something too. And that, that is a precious opportunity. We get to see a little bit, truly a window, and renew our connections of our vision and our hope and our promises to one another. And I will offer that if you're not familiar with how we might frame this as a water communion, um, that this is indeed a form of communion, a kind of interchange. Our Cambridge platform from 1648, which is the foundation of our congregational life, those writers spoke of real agreement and consent to being a part of a beloved community. And this covenant, these promises that we make to each other and have been making for a long time, it's demonstrated by the constant gathering for worship and by holding ourselves to the higher causes that move us into lives of compassion and service. Here, now, is an outward sign of the great circle of love and care that is created and held by all of us as members and friends and children and youth. So as we get to see a little bit of each other's lives, 
Let us savor this moment together.